invite you to go with me, please, to the book of Genesis, first book in your Bible, chapter 15. Vamos a ir esta noche a Genesis, capítulo 15. We'll begin reading in verse 1. Your Bible is divided into chapters and verses. Nuestras Biblias son, uh, están divididas entre capítulos y versículos. But it's important to remember that the chapters and verses were not originally in the text of Scripture. They were added in later, about 500 years after Christ, more or less. And although they are very useful in helping us find verses, like, for instance, John 3.16, uh, we are uh, needing to be mindful that sometimes... They don't help us in the sense that sometimes where they put the chapter break happens to be right in the middle of a thought or of an idea uh, that, that is connected together. So we're going to see that tonight in Genesis chapter 15. Now there's a lot about chapter 14 that rests on chapter 15. So I want us to look at that tonight. Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things... The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord, what shall you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, And Abram said, Since you have given me no offspring, one born of my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one will come forth from your own body, and he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord. And he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that you have a desire to speak to our hearts tonight. And I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach and to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint every person listening, that as we study your word together, that we might be uh, impacted by its incredible truth. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to begin tonight a Bible study on the covenant of God. We'll begin primarily with Abraham. Vamos a comenzar esta noche con un estudio bíblico sobre el pacto de Dios, los pactos de Dios, especialmente el pacto que Dios hace aquí con Abraham. In the Bible, one of the great themes is the covenants of God. En la Biblia, uno de los temas grandes, temas mayores, son los pactos de Dios. We begin with the uh, Adamic covenant. Comenzamos con el uh, pacto adamico, a covenant which God made with Adam, uh, which required him uh, that he would not eat of the fruit of the tree. And the outcome of that would be he would live in the blessing of God as well as that he would have uh, immortality 
the result of that covenant was that Adam broke the covenant and entered into sin. We also read later about the uh, covenant God made with Noah. Después leemos del pacto que Dios hizo con Noé, a covenant in which he said, I will never destroy the earth again with a flood. En ese pacto Jehová dijo, ya no voy a jamás destruir al mundo con una, un diluvio. That happens to be one of my favorite covenants in the Bible because that covenant allowed man to eat meat. And uh, if you like eating meat, you probably like that covenant too. Ese pacto le permitió al hombre comer carne. Hasta este momento no se había permitido comer carne. Y luego llegamos aquí a Génesis. We arrive here in Genesis 12 and 15. And we see the Abrahamic covenant. Aquí está en Génesis 12 y 15. Y otras partes. El uh, pacto con Abraham. And the Abrahamic covenant was a covenant which God made with Abraham in which he told him that his family would become the family of the Messiah and through his family the nations of the earth would be blessed. Entonces en este pacto Dios hace un pacto con Abraham, con un hombre, a través del cual uh, él dice que el Mesías va a venir a través de la familia de Abraham y que las naciones de la tierra serán bendecidas in Abraham. Uh, we later read about the covenant God made with the nation of Israel. We generally call it the law or the law of Moses. Luego leemos sobre el pacto que Dios hizo con Israel. This covenant was made at Mount Sinai. Este pacto se hizo en el monte Sinaí. And on Mount Sinai, the covenant was simple. God said, if you will obey the laws that I'm giving you today, 613 individual commandments, and uh, statutes, then I will bless you. And if you break even one of them, then you'll be under the curse. And the people entered into the covenant saying, this we will do. And so they came under the covenant of, of the law. El pacto de la ley fue dado en el Sinaí, un pacto de bendición o maldición, dependiendo si el pueblo uh, podía uh, habitar a través de los pactos Que Dios le había hecho. Of course, that became a curse to them. Ese pacto se hizo una maldición hacia ellos. It became a curse because they were not able to fulfill the commandments. Uh, por no poder cumplir con los mandamientos, el pacto se hizo una maldición. And the good news is tonight that the Bible says that Jesus has delivered us from the curse of the law. De las buenas nuevas dice el libro de Gálatas que Cristo nos ha librado de la maldición de la ley. Having become a curse for us. Jesus went to the cross. He became a curse for us. And therefore he broke the power of the curse of the law. Having fulfilled it down to the very letter. Habiendo cumplido uh, la ley de Moisés, Jesús uh, murió siendo una maldición por nosotros. Y ahora somos libres de ese pacto. Now, uh, in the middle there, before I get to the last covenant, uh, there was a covenant with God made with David. That's the Davidic covenant. Luego está un pacto que Dios hizo con David. Ese es el pacto en el cual él le prometió a David que él iba a tener un rey sobre el reino de Israel uh, para siempre. God promised David that he would have a descendant who would be the king of Israel forever. And that king will be 
none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Ese rey uh, que cumplirá ese pacto será el, el Señor Jesucristo. When Jesus returns to the earth, he's going to govern the world for a thousand years after the second coming. And he's going to rule the world from Jerusalem. Jesús va a regresar al mundo, va a establecer un reino por, un mil, por mil años y luego va a establecer su reino desde Jerusalén. He's not coming to New York, Washington, D.C., London, Buenos Aires, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Mexico City. He's not coming to Sydney, Australia. He's coming to Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem, from the Temple Mount, he will rule the world for a thousand years. And uh, that is going to be the fulfillment of God's covenant promise with David. How, how important are covenants to God that you think that he will, he will write the entire end of the world around the fulfillment of his covenant to David? God is a covenant keeper. Say amen, somebody. But then we get to the New Testament and a promise is fulfilled, which was made in Jeremiah chapter 31. And in that chapter, God said, I will make a new covenant with you. And I will write my law upon your heart. And you'll no longer need anyone to teach you because I will teach you. And he promised us a new covenant. When Jesus was about to go to the cross the night before he was crucified, he told his disciples, uh, this is a new covenant with my blood. And he took bread and wine and he established a new covenant. And so that final covenant into which you and I have entered in by faith is a covenant of salvation through the blood of Jesus by our uh, faith and through the grace of God. How many of you have entered into the new covenant? ¿Cuántos han entrado al nuevo pacto? El nuevo pacto fue hecho a través de la sangre y el cuerpo de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Now this is so important because you and I are in covenant with God by our faith in Jesus. Nuestra fe en Cristo nos ha hecho parte de un pacto con Dios. Y este pacto con Dios consiste de diversas bendiciones y promesas. Uh, this covenant consists of various blessings and promises which God has given to us by being a part of the covenant. And uh, the better you and I understand our covenant relationship with God the better you and I will understand our prayer, how prayer works, how the blessing works, how the principles of God work, uh, uh, work in our life. Now, every covenant in the Bible has the following things. First of all, there is the content of the covenant. Uh, cada pacto en la Biblia tiene primero el contenido, uh, the, the, the various promises that are being made. When uh, you got married, if you're married, you came to an altar and you made a covenant with your spouse and you made promises to one another and you made promises that said something like uh, in sickness and in health and uh, for richer or poorer. You remember those covenants? Anybody in here remember that covenant? Well, you better. If not, I'm reminding you right now. Uh, this covenant is a, uh, all, all covenants consist of promises. Cada pacto consiste de promesas. And so, if your husband does not uh, treat you right when you're poor, then you need to remind him, you made a covenant with me, right? You're going to love me in richness and in poorness. So get get with it, buddy. Right? That's, that's the power of a covenant. 
Well, if the believer does not know what the covenant consists of, then they don't know how to pray. Uh, si el creyente no entiende el pacto, no, con, no entiende lo que uh, es prometido en el pacto, entonces no tiene la capacidad de orar muy bien. That's why I'm constantly uh, sharing with you the promises of God because I'm hoping that as I do that, you will seize onto them in prayer. Then every covenant in the Bible consists of a purpose or a cause. Why was the covenant made? Los pactos en la Biblia no solamente contienen promesas, pero también a uh, propósito. What is God accomplishing uh, 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 through this covenant? ¿Qué es lo que Dios está logrando a través del pacto? You don't enter into a covenant unless there's a reason. Cuando usted entra a un pacto o una, un contrato, es por una razón. And when you enter into a covenant or a contract, you have a purpose behind it. It's not just, uh, you know, something that you are, are signing in the treehouse when you're a child. When you enter into a covenant, there's a purpose behind it. And so we understand the purpose of God is revealed in the covenants which he has made. When Jesus said, this is a new covenant, in my blood, what was his purpose? His purpose was to bring many sons to glory. El propósito del nuevo pacto puede traer muchos hijos a la gloria. And so you and I have become a part of the new covenant that we might become a part of the household of God. Then every covenant has commitments. Luego cada pacto tiene compromisos. These are the things that each member of the covenant must do. A cada miembro del pacto tiene cosas que tiene que hacer. In our covenant with God, there are things that God has to do, and then there are things that we have to do. And sometimes when we don't see God doing what he promised in his part of the covenant, then we are upset at God, but reality is we need to see if we are doing our part of the covenant. And if we are fulfilling the, the commitment that has been made with God in this covenant. This covenant, as I have shared with you before, is a covenant based on faith. And so you will not receive anything from God. Listen now. You will not receive anything from God except you receive it how? By faith. Everything you receive from God, you receive by faith because that's the commitment of the covenant. Say amen, somebody. So how important is faith? It's everything to the covenant. The, the covenant of God consists on faith. And so if you and I are walking in faith, we can enjoy the promises and the commitments that have been made in the covenant of God. Then the covenant has a confirmation. Now, cada, uh, cada pacto tiene una confirmación or a, a seal, alguna forma de sello. Something that confirms in, in the United States when we make a contract, we sign. That's our confirmation. Uh, en Estados Unidos, cuando hacemos un contrato, firmamos. Esa firma es confirmación. And so, we like to say, you know, read it first. Don't sign anything without making sure you read it. Because what are you doing when you sign it? You're confirming it. Well, Jesus confirmed the covenant with his blood. Jesús confirmó el pacto con su sangre. Say amen, somebody. Jesus said it's a new covenant in my blood. 
And so he, he has confirmed it with his blood. And you and I uh, are, uh, are seeing the covenant that God made uh, so seriously, so honorably through the precious blood of Christ. Now, let me help you understand something here. The reason that the law or the covenant God made with Moses failed was because the covenant was between God and man. Man failed. And so he came under a curse because he could not keep his end of the covenant. And so God said, I'll make a new covenant. And this new covenant was also made between God and man. Except it wasn't made between God and just any man or the nation of Israel. But the covenant was made between God and the man, Christ Jesus. And the man, Christ Jesus, has kept the covenant. Say amen, somebody. And so God, uh, sorry, Jesus confirmed the covenant by the shedding of his blood. And God confirmed his side of the covenant by raising up Jesus from the dead. And so when Jesus shed his blood, that was his signature, saying, I'm entering into covenant. And when God raised him from the dead, God the Father was telling the world, that's my signature, that's my son, that's the covenant I've entered into. Come on, somebody, give God praise because you and I have entered into a new covenant. And we are the beneficiaries of the covenant. The book of Romans says that uh, God has confirmed uh, that, that the justification of the lost through the raising up of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, every covenant also has a continuation. Uh, los pactos también tienen continuación. How long does the covenant last? Well, in the covenant, it'll tell you how long it lasts. How long is the marriage covenant for? Till death do us part. And so we say in the marriage covenant that the marriage covenant can be ended honorably only by death. That's the marriage covenant. In other covenants, you might have a covenant that says this covenant uh, is valid until the last payment is made. Algunos pactos son para vida, por vida. Otros pactos son hasta que se haga el último pago. Well, the new covenant was made and uh, this is what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says the old covenant was made until the death of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died, he basically ended the old covenant because you can't hold someone in covenant after they're dead. If someone had a, a spouse and that spouse died, their covenant ended that day. They can get married the next day to somebody else if they want to and not be in divorce. The family will have a headache about it, right? But that's, that's the way the covenants work. Uh, because when someone dies, the covenant dies with them. Well, Jesus came and he represented all of us when he went to the cross and he died. And when he died, the covenant of the law died with him. Say amen, somebody. And so he, that covenant can no longer hold you because uh, you have died with Christ and you have come into a new covenant. And this new covenant is now established on the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? He already conquered the, day, the grave. So this covenant will never end. It will never be repealed. It will never be destroyed. And it will never be renegotiated. Come on. You have been saved through the blood of Jesus. I say you've been saved through the blood of Jesus. And you are a child of God by faith forever. 
because you are in this new covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So tonight I want us to look at the covenant that God made with Abraham because according to Galatians, the Bible tells us in the book of Galatians that the covenant which God made with Abraham has come upon the Gentiles through the blood of Christ. This new covenant that Jesus made at the cross has now made us beneficiaries of the covenants that God made in the Old Testament with Abraham and with David. And the covenant that God made with Abraham is a, is a significant covenant, so significant that Paul writes about it in the book of Galatians specifically, and he says that the covenant of Abraham or the blessing of Abraham has come upon the Gentiles. That means you and I. We are now partakers and participants of the Abrahamic covenant. Now the Abrahamic covenant has two primary parts. First of all, there is a spiritual component to the Abrahamic covenant, and then there is a material component. El pacto de Abraham ha caído sobre los gentiles, y este pacto tiene dos partes mayores. La primera parte es un pacto espiritual, y luego, segundo, es un pacto material, un pacto físico. God's spiritual covenant with Abraham was that in him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Uh, el pacto espiritual que Dios hizo con Abraham fue que en él todas las naciones del mundo serían bendecidas. How could one family bless the whole world? ¿Cómo es que una familia puede bendecir a todo el mundo? Well, one example would be uh, the, the invention of the telephone. Uh, that one invention has blessed the world, but it has not blessed the whole world. Why? There are still parts of the world where you do not have access to telephone. And there are still parts of our world where they only have flip phones, right? So even right here in Texas where everybody almost has an iPhone or a smartphone, there are still some people who have not been blessed by that yet, and they still have a flip phone, right? They say, I don't like all that fancy stuff. Just give me a phone I can answer and hang up with when I need to. Say amen, somebody. Uh, so that's a blessing that has reached many people, but not everyone. But God told Abraham, in you, all, everyone say all. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because the spiritual promise that God made to Abraham has come upon the Gentiles. And that is nothing less than the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? Jesus is a blessing to the whole world. Say amen, somebody. Jesus is a blessing to every single human being who will receive him as Lord. And so this is a promise which God has made, which has brought spiritual blessing to the whole world. Then we have the material promise. And that is God's covenant promise to uh, bless His people and to meet their physical and material needs. Luego está la promesa espiritual, material, es la promesa de suplir la necesidad física y material de todo el pueblo de Dios. God not only wants to save your soul, he not only wants to bless you spiritually, but he also wants to bless you materially. 
Say amen, somebody. He wants to bless you physically. Say amen, somebody. Dios no solamente quiere bendecirte espiritualmente, pero también quiere bendecirte materialmente. Now here we are in Genesis 15. Aquí estamos en Genesis 15. All of that was my introduction. So I'm going to have to teach real fast now. A todo eso era la introducción, así que voy a enseñar rápidamente. In chapter 14, they, uh, uh, Abraham has had to go to war. En capítulo 14, Abraham ha tenido que ir a guerra. Now, he went to war with the kings of Sodom. Él fue a guerra con los reyes de Sodoma. Because they had taken his nephew hostage. Se habían tomado o llevado a Lot, su sobrino, uh, como, como cautivo. They took his nephew captive. And so Abraham, because he is in covenant with his nephew through uh, birth or through the birthright, has to go rescue him. Abraham, porque está en pacto con su sobrino, lo tiene que ir a rescatar. You know, in our world, if your nephew says, Uncle, can I borrow a thousand dollars? You say, I'll give you a hundred, but I'm not going to lend you a thousand. That's good enough. But in that world, if your nephew was in trouble, you couldn't just help him out. You had to go help him out. You had to actually do something uh, to deliver him. And this is uh, what it means to be a part of the covenant, doesn't it? That God rescued you and he rescued me out of bondage, out of darkness. He went to war for you. Come on, somebody. Because you are his covenant child. Guess what? When the devil messes with a child of God, he doesn't just mess with the child. He messes with the whole arsenal of God's defense. Come on, somebody. He He's going to war to defend his nephew, just like God goes to war to defend you. Because you're in covenant with him, and so he goes to rescue Lot. Now he rescues Lot, and the way things uh, were, were working in that time was that primarily the wars were wars of retaliation. There are wars in world history that have lasted for hundreds of years. Hay guerras en la historia humana que han durado por cientos de años. Why? Because there were wars of retaliation. You do something to me, I'm going to do something to you. And then you're going to do something to me. And this would go on for generations. And there was payback over the generations. En esos días las guerras eran guerras de... de, um, de uh, se me escapa la palabra... Pero guerras donde se pagaba a lo que uno hizo a otro por generaciones. Y seguía continuando esa guerra por a veces cien años o más. And so Abraham has now gone to war. He's gotten involved in a situation that was not his problem. But he had a covenant reason to get involved. So he got involved. He rescues Lot. But now he's got a problem with the kings of Sodom. And uh, he uh, is going to be now dealing with their retaliation. Ahora, uh, Abraham se ha metido para rescatar a Lot. Y en rescatar a Lot, ahora se ha metido en un problema con los reyes de Sodoma. Y aunque él ganó, ahora tiene que uh, contender con eh, eh, 
Although he won the battle, he now has to contend with their response or with their retaliation. And so we arrive in chapter 15, and this is hanging over Abraham's head. Esto está sobre la cabeza de Abraham. ¿Qué me van a hacer los reyes? ¿Cómo van a, cómo van a querer castigarme por haber peleado y ganado? What's their retaliation going to be? This is hanging over Abraham's head. And I want you to just listen to this tonight. Because there are some of you who have something hanging over your head tonight. A cloud of doubt or worry or anxiety or fear. Something that you can't control. Something that you're worrying about. What's the devil's next move? What is the, uh, what is going to happen on, in this situation? What's going to happen with my life? What's going to happen with my children? And God has the same answer for you that he had for Abraham. He said to Abraham, the Bible said, after these things. I want you to say that with me out loud. After these things. Listen, God is an afterwards God. Say amen, somebody. God is God before. God is God in the middle, and God is God afterwards. And let me just tell you, many times, God's blessings are greater in the afterwards than they were in the middle and that they were in the beginning. Listen, you and I are living in the middle of a pandemic, but guess what? God is an afterwards God. And let me just tell you that God has plans for after the pandemic that are greater than anything you've seen in the middle of the pandemic or will see or did see before the pandemic. Say amen, church. Come on, somebody, because I've got a testimony tonight. God's been good to us in the pandemic. Say, say amen. Come on. Has God been good to you in the pandemic? I said, has God been good to you in the pandemic? And guess what? God is an afterwards God. And if he's been good in the middle of this deal, then you can expect him to be amazing after this deal. After these things, now he says, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Saying, what does it say? Come on, I hope you have your Bible open. This is a Bible study. Genesis 15, 1. What does he say? Do not be afraid. Say that out loud. Do not be afraid. He says, do not fear Abram. Now God calls him by name. Aquí Dios lo llama por nombre. Y le dice, le dice no temas. In other words, stop thinking about this cloud that's hanging over your head. Ya no pienses en esto que está colgando sobre la cabeza. Is there anybody here tonight? God says, stop worrying about the kings of Sodom. Ya no te esté preocupando por los reyes de Sodoma. Listen, I don't know what you've been thinking about, but tonight God says, do not fear. Stop playing out all the scenarios in your mind. You can just imagine Abraham sitting up at night wondering, what are the kings of Sodom going to do? Where are they going to attack? What are they going to hit? And God says, hey, Abram, stop it. Cut it out. I am your God. Do not fear, Abram. Listen to what he said. I am a shield to you. Yo soy escudo para ti. 
Say that out loud with me. God is my shield. Are you here tonight? Now, in the Bible, the shield, of course, is a weapon of defense. En la Biblia, la espada, o perdón, el escudo, es una, una palabra, una herramienta de defensa. And God says to Abram, listen, we're in covenant. And because we're in covenant, I am your shield. The same way that the kings of Sodom had to deal with you when they touched Lot. They're going to have to deal with me if they touch you. Say amen, church. Now, God had proven this to Abraham and would prove this to Abraham a number of times. You remember when, when the king tried to take Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Abraham was too, too chicken to say no. But God was Abram's shield. I said God was Abram's shield. Are you listening tonight? Because when I say Abram, I'm talking about you. Because the blessings of Abram have fallen upon you. And God says, I am your shield. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 29. Deuteronomio 33 verso 29. I want you to read something about the shield here. Vamos a leer lo que dice sobre el escudo. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain. Let's see, verse 29. 33, 29. Deuteronomy 33, 29. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty, so your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread upon their high places. This is what it means when God says, I am your shield. He says, I'm going to be your help. He says, a people saved by the Lord who is the shield of your help. God says, I'm your help. And because of that, your enemies will cringe before you. God says, I'm going to be your defense. Now in Job 41 verse 7, just jot that down, we won't go there. But in Job 41 verse 7, the same Hebrew word is used to describe the skin of the Leviathan. And this was a, a sea creature that had thin, so thick that a, a spear could not pierce it. And this is the same word that God uses when he speaks to Abram. And he says, Abram, I'm your thick skin. I'm your protection. La misma palabra se usa en Job capítulo 41 verso 7 cuando se describe a el, 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 el monstruo del, del mar que tenía piel tan gruesa que una jabalina, una espada no la podía a tocar. Jehová le dice a Abraham, en otras palabras, yo voy a hacer tu piel. I'll be your thick skin. Have you ever heard that statement, thick skin? Somebody says, you need thicker skin. 
That means you're, you're, you're taking it too personal. You're, you're too sensitive. You got to get over it. Come on, somebody. God says, I'll be your thick skin. Listen, you can't get any, any closer to somebody than their skin. And God says, I'm going to be so close to you. I'll be your skin. Come on, somebody. God said, I'll be your thick skin. That the enemy will throw darts at you and they won't be able to penetrate you because I am your shield. Come on, somebody ought to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible said. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the skin that uh, of protection, of defense. And then in Isaiah chapter 21 and verse 5, the Bible says there, oil your shield. And that was because in, in those days, the, the shields that men wore or carried into battle were made of leather. And so one of the practices of a soldier was to oil his shield so that it was, it was lubricated well enough that it would be uh, it, strong when it was, uh, when it was struck with a sword or with a spear. If you allowed that leather to grow, uh, to get, to get dry, then a spear would cut right through it or rip it open. But so long as there was oil on it, that would uh, allow that, that leather to retain its strength. And God says, I'll be your shield. I will be your oil. I'll be the anointing on your life. Come on, somebody. God says, I am the anointing on your life. And if you just stay in the presence of God, your shield, your anointing, uh, the anointing of God will protect you and defend you in battle. Is the church here tonight? Now God says to, to Abraham, I am your shield. It's God's covenant promise to his people. Now let's look at the shield. Psalm 18 verse 35. It says, thou shalt... Uh, you shall also be given, or you have given me the shield of your salvation. When God uh, brought you into the covenant family, he gave you the shield of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? What are you being saved from? What are you being shielded from? You're being saved from sin. You're being saved from the power of the devil. You're being saved from the wrath of God. When God says, I am your shield, he's saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to save you from the power of sin and from the power of the devil and even from the wrath of God. Come on, you got to stop talking about I'm under a curse. My family's cursed. No, if you're saved, you're not cursed. You're blessed. You've been saved from the curse. You have a... You have a shield of salvation. Psalm 3, verse 3. It says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. God's shield is not only a defense, but it's a lifter. David said there, you are a shield to me, my glory. That word glory, it means to be exalted, to be lifted up. And, and some people, they have very few glory days. I was in a, rec uh, in a restaurant once, 
a man started talking about in the 1970s, his team went to state in football. And the man literally stood up as he was telling the story. I could almost hear the background music. His, he was reliving his glory days. I was like, sit down, man. We're trying to have breakfast. Come on, some people have one or two glory days in their whole life. But not you. You're in covenant with God. I say you're in covenant with God. Come on, every day is a glory day. I said every day is a glory day. And if not every day, come on, at least every week you should have a glory day. Come on, every once in a while you should stand up and say, let me tell you what happened to me today. What God did in my life today. My testimony. Come on, somebody. Do you have any glory days? Well, I remember in 1970s we went to state. Well, did you win? We went to state. But did you win? God is the glory and the lifter of your head. I said he's the glory and the lifter of your head. Just about every time you thought about walking around with your head down and how miserable you are. God said, wait a minute, you're my child. Lift up your head. I am your glory. I am your lifter. I am the one who's going to exalt you. I'll give you something to talk about, something to think about, something to testify about. Psalm 5 verse 12. Come on, if you have some glory, shout amen. Psalm 5 verse 12. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, which will compass him as a shield. The shield of God is favor. El escudo de Jehová es favor. The favor of God is a shield. When God said to Abram, I am your shield, he's saying, Abram, I'm going to favor you. I'm going to favor you. I'm going to give you a place of advantage. That's what favor is. El favor es una ventaja. Es una, una ventaja que Dios le da al hombre. And God tells Abraham, and he tells you, I am going to favor you. I have favored you. If, you. if you're favored and you know you are, say amen. He says, I'm going to give you an advantage. There are people who are better qualified than you for the job, but you're going to get the job. Why? Because the favor of God is on you. Are you favored? Shout Amen. Abraham is worrying about dealing with the retaliation of the kings. But here's what God says. When I give you favor, if you're righteous and you're good, I'll give you favor. And even your enemies will be at peace with you. Even your enemies will be at peace with you. Even they'll speak well of you. Come on, somebody. You have the favor of God. I said you have the favor of God. And the enemy can throw everything at you that he wants. But God's favor is a shield to you. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise Him. 
The shield of the Lord is, it brings rejoicing. El escudo de Jehová es gozo. You see, the Bible said the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you are attacked by life's unplanned and uncontrollable events, you have a shield. And what should have brought misery brought you joy. What should have brought you discouragement and sadness brought you a smile and courage. Why? Because God is your shield. Say amen somebody. God is your shield. What should have made you cry made you sing. Why? Because the the shield of the Lord is my joy. It brings rejoicing. There ought not to be a church that is sad and despondent and discouraged in these days. You and I ought to have the joy of the Lord. Why? Because we have God's protection. We have God's defense. We have God's blessing. We have God's presence. Come on. You and I have reasons for rejoicing. Let the church say amen. Psalm 33 verse 20. Our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. The shield of the Lord is divine help. El escudo de Jehová es ayuda divina. If you need help, just remember you already have help. I said you already have help. The Lord is your shield. And that shield is your help. God will help you to do things that you can't do on your own. He'll give you strategies. He'll give you ideas. He'll give you solutions. He'll give you plans. Say amen, somebody. David prayed like this, help! Quick! Quickly! He needed God's help quick. Have you ever needed God's help quick? But guess what? God said, I'm your shield. I'm your help quick. I'm the one who is ever present in the time of need. And God is your help. He's helped you so well. The Bible said he sent you another comforter. He sent you the Holy Spirit, the helper. And every day he's walking beside you to help you. Whatever help you need today, you need help parenting your children. He is your help. He's your parenting coach. You need help saving your marriage. He's your marriage counselor. You need help managing your money. He is your money advisor. Come on somebody. The Holy Ghost is the help of the believer. He is your shield. And if you will listen to him, he'll spare you a whole lot of heartache and a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of groaning. Psalm 84 verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God says, I am grace and glory. That's what the shield represents. The shield, the sun and the shield represent the grace and the glory of God. God says, I am your grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is God's help in the time of need. 
And God says, I am your grace and your glory. I'm going to make things easy that should be hard. I want to make things quick that should take a long time. So don't cry about it. Just watch God work. Say amen, somebody. I said, don't cry about it. Watch God work. Because God says, I am your son and your shield. Uh, you have my grace on you. God's grace operating in a person's life brings about things that should be impossible. It makes them easy. makes them possible. It makes changes that are impossible for man. Uh, uh, it makes them matters of fact because of the grace of God. Come on, you've got to believe this every day you get up. And you go about doing life's work. You look at the projects in your life. You get up and you say, God's grace is on my life. Say, God's grace is on my life. When you go into that job interview, God's grace is on my life. When you go to ask for that help, you say, God's grace is on my life. I know that God is working in my life to make the impossible possible. Psalm 91, verse 4 through 7. You know this well. It says, he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will trust. And his truth shall be a shield and a buckler. God's shield is his truth. It's knowing the truth. You know how many mistakes we would have made, but we got a hold of the truth. Say amen, somebody. You can't believe every voice you hear. You've got to have the truth. The voice of truth is a defense. It's a protection. It's God's shield around you. And if you will listen to God's truth, He'll keep you out of trouble. He'll keep you out of the difficulties that come to those who ignore the truth of God's word. Maybe right now you don't know what to do. You don't know what direction to take. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Listen to the voice of truth. He will lead you. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, you will know the truth. And the truth will. I said the truth will. What will it do? The truth will set you free. Come on somebody. The truth will set you free. The truth will lead you out of darkness. The truth will lead you out of bondage. The truth will lead you out of, of the, of the, of the, of the depression you're in. The truth will lead you out of that place of despondency and fear. Finally, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Take the shield of faith. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. That shield is your faith. Now God said to Abram, I am your shield. I am your faith. Now listen very closely to this. Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. That means there's a kind of faith that's human faith. And thank God for it. When you see a runner running with all of his might, 
Because he believes he can. That's human faith. God put that within us. And it's a sad thing when somebody loses that faith. But that's not the faith that moves mountains. That's not the faith that brings about the transformation of from that brings heaven down to earth. The kind of faith that does that is God's faith. The God kind of faith. God birthing in you a vision, a dream for what is possible by God's might and power in your life. And this is the shield of the believer. The shield of faith. When you know what God has said to you. And you don't let anything or anyone take that from you. You stand in that truth. You stand in that faith. Come on, is there anybody in here standing in the God kind of faith tonight? It's not what I think I can do. I can do a lot. But I have faith in God who can do everything. Who can do the impossible. Who can move mountains. Come on, who can shatter the shackles of sin and bondage and addiction and death. Come on, somebody. He is our shield. Now, we're going to have a worship service in just a minute. What are we going to worship God for, Pastor? We're talking about the shield. And when we're talking about the shield, really what we're talking about is things that didn't happen. You see, the whole purpose of the shield is to keep things from happening. Say amen, somebody. Now, usually we have a worship service and we thank God for the things that did happen. And we thank Him for the things that He did do. But often we forget to thank Him for the things that didn't happen. Say amen, somebody. And tonight we're going to stop and we're going to thank God for the things that didn't happen. Come on, is there anybody in here that's grateful to God for the things that didn't happen? I could have been in a hospital bed, but it didn't happen. I could have been dead, but it didn't happen. I could have been a victim, but it didn't happen. I could have been broke, but it didn't happen. I could have been homeless, but it didn't happen. Come on, somebody. Thank God tonight for the shield. For what didn't happen. For what he didn't allow. For what he stopped before it got to you. He said, Abraham, I am your shield. Here's the good news. I said, here's the good news. Abraham never had to deal with the kings of Sodom again. Why? Because God was his shield. And I'm here tonight to tell you God is your shield. Come on, somebody ought to start worshiping God for what didn't happen. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and give him praise. Because he was your shield. He was your defense. He was your refuge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank him for the escape. Hallelujah. Thank him for what you escaped. Thank you for what he caught before it got to you.